Hi, this is the Reverend Jacob Smith, and I want to welcome you to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast. We are wrapping up a season of stewardship which is entitled Mission Immeasurable. One of my predecessors here at Calvary Church, the Reverend Sam Shoemaker, said, To be a church in New York City is to be a church for the world. And indeed, if you have been blessed by the gospel and listening to this sermon podcast, we ask that you might consider making a one-time gift to the parish or consider becoming a pledging member. You can do so by going to calvarystgeorges.org backslash giving and you can make your gift there. We'd appreciate if you pledge because it really helps us get the real gospel out to the very ends of the earth. So thanks again for your support. Now here's the sermon. Today we wrap up our season of stewardship, our four-week season where we um, talk about pledging and stewardship to the parish. And during this season, we have been walking through St. Paul's Epistle to the Philippians, and that sermon series in its entirety is online, and it is riveting. And so, but but today, um, I want to talk to you um, about uh, two things. We opened up the sermon series with immeasurable thanksgiving. And then we're closing this sermon series entitled Immeasurable Gratitude. And I want to articulate for you three things today. Uh, One, what is the distinction? What is the distinction between thankfulness and gratitude? And how does that relate then to stewardship in our pledge campaign here? Then the second thing I want to do is is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, point out actually what gratitude creates and accomplishes in our lives. And then the third thing that I want to do in this sermon today is talk about how this, what this accomplishes in our lives, how it enables us to cope with something we all deal with, anxiety. Now, many people think that thanksgiving and gratitude are synonymous with one another. However, there's actually a huge difference. And according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, this was the first time in a long time I pulled that off the shelf, uh, the difference revolves around two operative words. The first is conscious, and the second is appreciative. The dictionary says that thankfulness is a conscious of benefits received, while defining gratitude as appreciative of benefits received. So therefore, being thankful is to be conscious or aware of the actions of another person. And we run into this all the time. This is probably what makes thankfulness in many ways so rote in our society. You know, we, we, somebody opens the door for us. Somebody brings us a cup of coffee and we mutter thanks from the corner of our mouths. And usually the response is, hey, no big deal. It's cool. You know, instead of, well, you're welcome. But saying thank you is just polite behavior. Gratitude, though, is a more profound experience. It runs much deeper when properly understood. Gratitude necessitates that we are first affected by the action. Followed by an aspect that's related to thankfulness, we become conscious of the action. But in that consciousness, we are opened up to understand our appreciation, which in turn, true gratitude expresses thank you, not solely from the mouth, but also from the heart. Gratitude transforms the mere hardwired response into an intentional action. 
into an intentional action. This is my first point. Gratitude, especially immeasurable gratitude, is the fruit of recognizing what has been done for you. Gratitude actually prompts people into lasting action and deliberate practice. And really, this is how we at Calvary St. George's want you to think about stewardship. This is why we make pledges. Making a pledge, being involved in stewardship here, is not about obligation. It's about gratitude. We don't give to make God happy with us. Rather, we give because God is pleased with us and has come to us in the person and work of his son, Jesus. This is the point of the gospel reading today in Jesus in the city of Jericho. Most of the time, we think we've got to do something in order to win God's favor, and maybe he'll meet us. But never forget, Zacchaeus may have been a wee little man, but he was like a capo. I mean, these were the worst of the worst. These guys were Jews who collaborated with the uh, Roman Empire. And they would collect taxes from people. And maybe the Romans needed $30, but I got to get paid, so I'm going to shake you down for 60 And also, if you were hiding from the Roman Empire, I know where everybody hides. And so I'm going to tell the Roman Empire for a bonus. And what happens here? Jesus comes to him first. Jesus communes with him. Having dinner in those days wasn't just like, hey man, let's go grab a bite to eat. This was, I am on your side and we are interrelated in every way possible. And it is this meeting first of Jesus that births gratitude out of Zacchaeus, an evil man, and inspires him to be beyond generous. We give out a gratitude not out of obligation. And one of the fruits of gratitude is joy. We see this in the fourth chapter of St. Paul's epistle to the Philippians. St. Paul, from a Roman jail cell, from a Roman jail cell, and he may have scholars like, he was in a very nice cell, like a Roman, there was no like hanging out on the block. Like this is a brutal, brutal, brutal place. This is not your best life now. People are terrified in these places. And he writes to this Philippian church, he says, from a Roman jail cell, rejoice in the Lord always. And to top it off, he says, and again I say rejoice. And St. Paul can write with such gratitude because the promises of God to St. Paul. And this is the same for you and me. The promises of God to you. The promises of God to me is that our sins are forgiven and that we stand justified before God and that our current circumstances, no matter how awesome or maybe no matter how dire they may be, do not have the final say. They do not define us, and that is for sure. Let me tell you something, and we all know this. There are no guarantees in this life except for one. And that guarantee is that God loves you and that he, by his death and resurrection, has forgiven all of your sins and has made you the righteousness of God. And at Calvary St. George's, 
We are a people formed by forgiveness. And we are a people whose conduct towards the world is shaped by God's immeasurable forgiveness. And we pledge, because of immeasurable gratitude for that forgiveness, because we want the city, and ultimately the world, to know our tagline. And that is to enjoy your forgiveness. And this is my second point. As we go through this life, and you're going to, in life, as we all know, face the good, you're going to face the bad, and you're going to face the ugly. But along with St. Paul, and not in some sort of Pollyannish sense, but along with St. Paul, we can really respond in gratitude for all things and every situation in life with the words, Rejoice! For in the gospel, forgiveness is not just simply guaranteed, but in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is a foregone conclusion. And what that means is that you and I are now bound to him. We're bound to him. Yet, it is in the absence of that certainty of forgiveness It is in the absence of that certainty of love and mercy that the opposite of immeasurable gratitude is often produced. And that's anxiety. St. Paul writes in our reading today, and it struck me, he says, do not be anxious about anything. (laughs) You know? (laughs) If, if, If only it were that easy. Okay. You know, if only it were that easy. Paul, do you know the pressures I'm facing at work? Paul, do you know the pressures I'm facing because of a relationship with my kids? Or a relationship at work? Or a relationship with my parents? Paul, do you know the pressures that I'm facing because of a health concern? Paul, do you know the pressures that I'm facing as the bills stack up? And now the Reverend Jacob's asking me for a pledge? (laughs) Anxiety is absolutely everywhere. And powerfully here in this statement, St. Paul reminds us that anxiety is not new. Roman prisons were anxiety-inducing places. I mean, to live in the Roman Empire in a lot of places, especially on the outer, outer outlying parts of it, I mean, where crucifixions were a regular part of life. I mean, that was an anxiety-producing place. And all of us, our anxieties may come out of different things in different situations. But oftentimes, it's in those places the one thing we all have in common is that um, we try and be like God. It's in those situations that we try and take charge. And because we don't believe in God, we don't believe God is in charge. And I'm not talking about anyone here. I'm talking about me. I got to try and take control. I have to live my life the exact opposite the way St. Paul talks about in chapter 3. I have to have a righteousness of my own that must be cultivated. It's got to be maintained and improved upon and Instagram worthy and Twitter approved. However, just telling people, just telling me, do not be anxious about anything, is not helpful. 
And actually, this isn't what St. Paul is doing here. You see, Paul can write from a Roman prison cell. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He can write that because, as he's affirmed in the previous chapter, Christ has already bore the burden of your anxiety by becoming your anxiety. Last week, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, and Prince Harry hosted a conference on uh, response to mental health and mental wellness. And uh, Justin Welby... um, uh, and, and a big part of this and why Justin Welby wanted to be a part of this is because um, his daughter is outspoken about her own mental illness and struggles with depression. And uh, it's actually given the courage of Justin Welby to talk about his own profound anxieties. I guess running the third largest Christian body in the world is really stressful. Um, but uh, but he, he talks about this. And at a breakout session, he was speaking to prayer ministers. And he said, just telling people I will pray for you is not enough. It actually becomes an abstraction. He went on to say, it's not enough because we believe in a savior, a rescuer, who knows intimately what it is to suffer. Amidst all of the brokenness, Christ weeps with us, and he is for us to remind and assure anyone who is walking in darkness, you are not alone, and you are truly valued, and you are deeply loved. And this is at the very heart and soul of Christian ministry, and should be the heart and soul of the ministry of the church. And this is the very heart and soul of Calvary St. George's to share this message that Christ has bore our anxieties to become our peace and through word and sacrament assure us in a real way that we are valued more than you could possibly imagine and that you are loved more than you could possibly imagine. And this is my third point. As we come around this table and we receive his broken body and his shed blood, we know that Christ has become our anxiety for us. Now, that doesn't mean you stop going and seeing your therapist or you stop taking your medication. God works through all of these things. But what it does mean is that in the midst of our problems— In the midst of our troubles, in the midst of that anxiety, you have been given, as St. Paul says, a promise. The peace of God which passes all understanding. And that is present in the midst of times of little and massive troubles. And let me tell you, what we mean by peace in a Christian sense is not the same in a John Lennon sense. What we mean is that you have a clear conscience. And you have a clear conscience because before God you stand totally and completely innocent. And this peace 
is founded on immeasurable faith. And this peace is built and furthered by immeasurable gratitude, which connects us to Jesus and absolutely positively everything he has accomplished for us. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.